Maybe don't know. Maybe don't know. This time, 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 this What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nathan Drolet. And together we form Theracane. And I only say that because I'm very excited that you just dug yours out of the car so that I can heal my ailing body. Yeah. Funny story about a Theracane. So I got my dad one, um, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago for Christmas. And I swear, ever since then, every time we talk on the phone, he's like, you know that Theracane was the best Christmas present you ever gave me. <laughs> just, I mean, it, it's it's to the point now to where I'll never one up it. Like I should probably just stop getting him Christmas presents. He's just like you could maybe they don't make them in different colors, do they? You should. Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah, I don't should know, talk yeah. to Theracane about that. See if I can get him another than green. You can get like him a, a Houston Astros Theracane. Te- the Astros still in Houston? Yeah, he's more of a Texans fan though. Okay. Houston, Texas, there. Texans, Theracane. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what are we talking about um, tonight? We are talking about trends that we see in climbing that, in climbing training that we uh, don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. Trends, concepts, myths, things like that mm. that we aren't super psyched on. Uh, you're starting this time. I started the last time. All right. Um, cool. I'm gonna go ahead and start with. At uh, first, can I can I jump in there? You can. I just before we start here, I just want to say super huge thanks to all the patrons who have jumped on board and are paying money for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, and thanks to everyone cool. who's uh, gone on iTunes and given us a yeah good review and a bunch of people have. That's cool. Yeah, that way other people can find us and we can keep helping other people out. Yeah, if you haven't rated and reviewed as yet, go do that. All right, I'm done interrupting you. All right. Um, so first off is kind of the idea that a lot of people are afraid that they're going to get hurt if they train. Um, training Little should, show. yeah, training should not be injuring you. If you get hurt training, you did it wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. Training should make you stronger, and it should make you more resilient. Like, and that's what it comes <laughs> down to. That said, that, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Um, that said, just because you get hurt training doesn't mean you necessarily have a terrible program. Like sometimes life gets in the way, you know, people who have a lot of responsibility, I would know what that's like, but <laughs> yeah, it's like cumulative stress is cumulative stress. Like if you don't get a lot of sleep, if you're not eating well, if you're not well hydrated, if, yeah, you just got stressed out <clears throat> from work or life relationships or whatever. I mean, that stuff adds up. And so you have to learn how to account for that. And just do the best you can with what you've got that day. Um, Because, yeah, if you do try and just push through when, you know, you're really dehydrated, haven't been eating well, and, you know, you're on two hours of sleep, then, yeah, the chances of injury go up dramatically. Yeah, and you have to be willing to rest. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of the people who do get injured training are the people who don't rest and refuse to rest. And so if it's, you know, if your body's telling you to rest, you should rest. Yeah. And I mean, training, like with this same thing, training doesn't have, 
like not everything you do has to be making you climb harder like a lot of stuff just good general strength work should just make you a stronger healthier person in general yeah for sure i mean just because you're not doing something that directly makes your red point numbers go up doesn't mean it's not beneficial right and you know i think i think this is most common in the the people who don't come from an athletic background mm-hmm. you know and who haven't seen various ways of training you know or who have been involved in one sport where they've been overtrained and they've gotten injured you know and i think both both things are pretty common in america mm-hmm. and you know, I hear a lot of people in the gym who are who started climbing because it's this alternative sport and they an alternative lifestyle and training is like this dirty word, you know, and I don't train, you know, I'm I'm just climbing. Training hurts people, you know, that's how people get hurt. Training's for people with bad technique. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I hear that all the damn time. And, and, you know, I probably have said that in the past. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're but all guilty of things. Probably have. But, um, but yeah, training is a, is a thing that's going to help you get stronger, make mm-hmm. you more injury proof. It's yes. not going to injure you if you're doing it correctly. Correct. I mean, and that's, that's huge. Like if you're, <laughs> if you're trying to get stronger shoulders and you're like, oh, I'm going to do bench press and then bicep curls and then cable cross and then more <laughs> pecs and bicep kind of stuff. And yeah. You know, like this is just going to help with my compression. Yeah. All it's going to do is turn you into a ninja turtle. Like, you're gonna yeah. Be if you're doing up. six styles of bench press and bench press in one workout, you're working out wrong. Yeah. And similar to how I did in high school. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of us, it's like bench press once you hit 135 or, you know, one or two wheels, whatever it is, you're like, okay, I'm good to go. I'm just going to keep doing these. I'm going to go yeah. do a bunch of curls, maybe some leg press. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to avoid anything that might be beneficial. <laughs> um, not to say, you know, these things aren't beneficial, but everything has to be well balanced. Yeah. Um, oh, did I mention lat pull downs and heavy weighted pull ups on all that? Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, well, ba- like balance the heavy stuff Heavy rows, out. heavy rows too. Rows are good though. Yeah. I mean, I think those aren't, I'm not really concerned with anyone doing too many rows, let's be honest. Like, But but you only really should do heavy rows after you've done heavy pull-ups and lat pull-downs, right? Well, duh. Uh, no. wa- wide grip <laughs> lat pull-downs. Oh yeah, and wide. close grip and reverse grip. I only climb like at full extension. <laughs> um, interestingly, there's actually research that came out that showed that uh, your lat activation is the exact same as wide grip and a regular grip pull-up. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. So wide grip, uh, it's a lot more on the shoulders. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so if you're going for lats, then regular grip pull-up does just the exact same thing. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, So, And that's one less variation of pull-down and or pull-up. Yeah. Maybe add a push in there, guys. Yeah, that's a good idea. But uh, yeah, so training should make you stronger, healthier. Yeah, like training should make you more resilient. Like performance, performance is when things can go bad. And like mm-hmm. it, this is also a reason why you shouldn't always be trying to perform. It's because that's when you're really putting stuff on the line. But yep. yeah. All yep. right. Uh, so that's my number one. That kind of leads me right into my number one, which is not a big fan of combining crossfit style workouts with climbing movements um like max hangs every minute on the minute or as many rounds as possible yeah and like you know do like you know 
three snatches and then go climb three boulder problems and then go do, you know, three sets of campus moves and, you know, just this like CrossFit style rounds make you super tired and then ask you to perform something that's technically difficult and on your fingers. That's completely fair. Um, question though, how many climbers do you know who actually have the overhead range to be able to snatch? <laughs> to snatch. I know one. Uh, and Nick Cornwell, if you're listening, this is a shout out to you. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't really know many guys who can like actually snatch. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no, I don't totally know what you're saying. I definitely like, cannot. But yeah, mm. like it's hard to mix metabolic conditioning or metcons as they say in CrossFit <laughs> with high level technique. And I mean, climbing's very much a technique sport. And if you don't believe that, um, go to Smith and watch everyone out there. Like they're strong, but God, they're all good rock climbers or, um, yeah, I mean, Dave McLeod talks about how back in the day people, you know, they could go to France and watch all those French climbers just swim their way up limestone. And that was this huge revelation for anyone who wanted to know what technique was like, that's what you did. You went out right. there, you saw them and that was mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that's, that's what it looks like. Um, so Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, there's, just to be clear, there's nothing wrong with CrossFit per se, as long as it's, I'm not not going to say, yeah, I'm not going to say done correctly, but yeah, you need a good coach, you need somebody who's paying attention to you, and it shouldn't always just be you go to the CrossFit box to get wrecked. Oh, terminology. See what you did there with the box? You see that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think, like, a lot, I mean, let's just say, like, you can have a bad coach for anything. Like, you could be do yep. powerlifting, yep. climbing, Olympic lifting, CrossFit, whatever. Like, a bad coach is a bad coach, and a great coach is a great coach. Yep. Like, yep. and that's yep. the kind of cool thing with CrossFit is now that it's become as huge as it is, there are great coaches in there. So, like, we're not here to demonize CrossFit, but I think it's easy to pick on. So, it's easy to use that as an example instead of saying, like, well, don't go in and just completely wreck yourself all the time. But yeah. And yeah, ultimately, I, I think don't combine that with, even if you are going to do that, if you love that style of wreck yourself mm-hmm. workout, great. And sometimes that's a good thing to do. You know, you, you have to build your engine at some points in your training, and that's, that's a good way to do it. But don't add to that a high skill element like campusing or mm-hmm. climbing hard boulders. I mean, there are a lot of great method things you can use for this, like kettlebell swings are great. Loaded carries are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Things like sled yep. pulling, sled pushing, uh, <laughs> battle ropes, a lot of uh, medicine ball work, like things that take very low amount of technical skill. Right. Like they're awesome because you can do them till you're pretty fucking wrecked. And like, because technical skill is so low, your chances of getting hurt are very, very minimal. Like right. they're fantastic. There are great ways to do this if that's what you're keen on and you want to build up that work capacity absolutely go for it but make sure you're doing it right yeah i completely agree you know don't be campus boarding or fingerboarding or yep. when yeah, you're I mean, when your core's exhausted and you can't keep mm-hmm. everything engaged that's not the time to do those things yeah so. i couldn't agree more that was that was a really good one yeah that's because i'm good at this <laughs> you're number two all right um okay this is kind of a little two-parter. First off being don't do one rep maxes frequently. Okay. And really when it comes down to it, just anything taken to an ex- to its extreme. Yeah. Like if something's taken to its absolute extreme, it's probably not a good thing. Shy of like, I don't know, eating real food, like that's that's good. Like yeah. raw vegetables. Yeah. 
Anyone out there, don't eat through windows. <laughs> don't um, eat through windows. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. I agree. The one rep max is kind of a, uh, you know, it can be a necessary thing for some people. But for the average person, it's probably not a necessary thing. You don't need to know necessarily what you're the utmost limits of that you're capable of. Yeah. For almost anything. And I think like Dan John says there's a difference between building strength I think it's Dan John. Building strength and demonstrating it. And so that's the thing. Like, are you actually building strength or are you just like kind of showing off? Right. Because man, to do a one rep max of anything. So if anyone doesn't know what a one rep max is, it means you just do a single repetition of like, and you make it as intense as you absolutely can and you go for success on that one single rep. Generally associated with lifting weights. Yes. Yeah. Um, So for instance, this could be a one rep max pull up where let's say you strap 80 pounds onto you and you try and do a pull up with that. That's all you can do, bro. (laughs) Do you even pull, bro? (laughs) Or, you know, you do a one rep max um, dead hangs. This could be, might be like 10 seconds. And... I'm not against doing heavy singles, which is to say mm-hmm. doing a single rep, Yep. but you have to keep it regulated. Like going for a hundred percent, like this is what we talked about earlier. Like the dip, like if you're going for a performance, that is when like you have a much higher chance of getting injured. Yep. So even like high end weightlifters who their end goal is to do the heaviest one rep max humanly possible for them. That is their competition they rarely go below like triples or doubles like, Oh, like one rep max or two rep max or three rep max until they're getting close to a competition because it's not worth it. Like that is a very high risk activity. Yep. Um, when you are trying to push your absolute limits where you're still going to get wicked strong if you're trying to do a three rep max or a five rep max or stuff like that. Right. Like these are great methods that you can use and you should use instead of always just trying to max out. And the thing is like, if you are completely new to training, like you can get what people refer to as noob gains. So it's like when someone starts lifting for the first time, they go in, it's like, oh, I'm going to try and max out my bench press every single day I go to the gym. That actually works for a couple right, months. Right, right. Because you're, because you're learning new. to bench press. Exactly. Yeah. Like you are finally learning how to like use all this strength. So that works for a while until it doesn't. And so it's the exact same thing with this. And also at that point, you are not like neurologically capable of recruiting enough muscles to like kind of mess yourself up. But I mean, if you try and go in and do a one rep max hang every single time you go climbing, like, man, that's a lot of stress on your fingers, which, you know, like your fingers aren't that big, like, and they can only handle so much. It's so much safer to pull it back a little bit. I mean, like Steve Bechtel says, you're better off under training by 10% than over training by 10%. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the one rep max by definition is your absolute maximum and anytime you're pushing up against your absolute maximum you're also pushing up against what your body's capable of Mm -hmm. and to push past that means injury potentially yeah you know so i mean you're walking that fine line yeah so it it's just a dangerous game yeah and i mean when it comes down to it i i just don't it's not sustainable like yeah like you said it's a dangerous game and is it really worth it? Like, what if you can just keep getting stronger and not getting injured? Yeah. And like, 
Because, yeah, it's not even just like, oh, no, I had to take three months out because I tweaked my finger. Well, it's not just those three months. It's, you know, the other six months that it takes to get back to the strength where you were. So it's like nine months you sat out where right. you just pulled it back 10% or something like that. Like You'd be way stronger now and healthy. Yep. And you said anything to extremes. Did you just say that so that you didn't piss off the one rep max crowd? Or I'm do you have other specific things in mind? Um, and to go specific for a second, it's one rep max versus even just yeah, like singles. Because like, I think it's fine to do a single rep, especially of something that is highly technical. But leaving something in the tank. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even Ava Lopez, who is all about the maximum yep. Um, yep. max weighted hangs or minimum edge depth mat, max weight, max hangs. Um, you know, she talks about, Hey, you should be leaving some stuff in the tank. Like this should be difficult, but you should never be fearing failure. If you're fearing failure, you are, you're pushing it too hard. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a lot of perceived difficulty in that. Um, just man, anything taken to extreme, like, I mean, this goes with like diet, this goes definitely with like diet and nutrition. I mean, yeah. The whole moderation idea. Yeah. Like easy example. There was a while where I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and like follow along with this whole idea of if you get stronger, it's going to increase everything else. Like, and this is very big with whole strong first community and like Pavel Tetsulin and I, I've read his books. I love his stuff, but I mean, there's a thing called sports specificity. Mm -hmm. I need like, he's, (laughs) he goes as far as to say anything more than five reps in your bodybuilding. Right, 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 right. But the thing is like, we climb more than five moves. Right. Like, and that's what it comes down to. So I took that advice for a while and I was just like, okay, like, you know, I even joked around. Uh, I was just like, yeah, anything more than five moves and I'm training for Cerro Torre. Like, <laughs> and all of a sudden I was that guy that got pumped on six move boulders. Yeah. I was just like, what's happening to me? Like, this is terrible. And, you know, I felt stronger. But those strength gains didn't immediately transfer. It's not like, oh, and I have all this great endurance because moves are at a lower percentage and my power endurance has gone up. It's like, I'm just like, I can pull five moves and then I'm just fucking done. Like, I am weak as I'll get out. And so it took a while to dig myself out of that hole. It was was not a good idea. Um, And so I think as a general guideline, and a lot of people say this, it's this idea that if you could do nothing else, and you could only do one thing, what would it be? Strength training, right? Because it's going to pay off. It's the same thing when people say, if you could only do one lift, what would it be? And a lot of strength coaches say, well, a deadlift. Like That's a really good one. But they are not saying only do a deadlift or only train strength. Like They're just saying, if you could only do one. But the thing is, all of us have the time to do more than just one. Right, we have options. Yes. So that to me is a good example of taking something to an extreme saying well if they say that if you could only do one so i'm only going to do one right right like and suddenly you're yeah you're that guy who's completely pigeonholed himself into just this really small sector of ability yeah yeah for sure uh what is my number two i can't even read my own writing here um so going into training overdrive the minute you fail. Like, I hear a lot of people who go out, try their project, the project feels hard. Okay, yes. They've been like half-assing their training up until then. And then when the project feels hard, they're like, I need to train overtime right now. Campus like, boards every seven day. Seven sessions a day. Yeah. And it just doesn't fucking work like that. Yeah, like, they overcorrect course. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, again, you're risking injury that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and the, back to Steve Bechtel here, but this is all an invest. Training is an investment. The training you're doing today doesn't pay off tomorrow. It's going to pay off months from now or a year from now. Or, In fact, you'll probably be tired tomorrow. You're going to be, you're gonna be yeah, weaker you than you were today. You'll be tired tomorrow. It's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have half-assed your training and shit feels hard, it's because you've half-assed your training. Next time, don't do that. <laughs> but your options are limited right now. Mm-hmm. And I think this branches into something. Uh, I don't know if you'd call this red point tactics if this would have been on the last podcast, but oh, I'll, I'll lump this in with the pet peeves that I see of things. I've seen this plenty of times. And in the South, this is, in my opinion, a horrible thing to do. People are like, oh no, like the season's here. And if anyone yeah. doesn't know, in Chattanooga, the season, if you were lucky, sometimes it's like, I don't know, a month, two months. Like last year we had, yeah, in 2016, that winter we had like two really good weeks. Yep. Like, so the season's short. You, like good days don't always happen. Rain happens. Like you'll walk out to the boulders, it'll be all condensed. But ideally you may have two and a half, three months. It's a very short season of the entire year. Yep. And man, there are people who are just like, oh, I'm not where I need to be. I'm going to go back to train. And man, you know, it's like, oh, it was... 45 and sunny today and 30% humidity and right. so-and-so was hangboarding. Yeah, it's like, man, they wait until January to start training. Yeah, it's like you just had the whole day off and like, and that's the thing. It's like, why are we training? Like, I mean, I train because I want to rock climb. Yeah, like, totally. And, and I get it. Like, you know, we all have goals. We have things we want to get done. And there are times where you just have to, you know, do whatever it takes to get your goals done. But yeah, man, plan ahead and when it's time to rock climb rock climb yeah just don't half-ass it like plan ahead but then also execute your plan or you're a sucker <laughs> all right um uh, break yes ready for break? break all right break. Break, break what's up everybody chris here pardon the interruption i'll keep this short and sweet since this podcast started taking off and we've been growing it you guys have been asking how you can help out i've got three ways for you Number one, you can become a patron. That just means you give a monthly donation to the podcast, a dollar and up, and you get something in return. And you can check out what those rewards are at patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast. Best of all, we'll keep it sponsor and commercial free for you. Number two, you can rate us and review us on iTunes. I know it's a pain in the ass to go to iTunes and do all that, but it really helps us out. At least that's what I'm told by the podcast powers that be. And number three, perhaps the easiest way and the best way to help us out is to share us on your social medias. Anytime you see us post up a new podcast, please share it with your friends. Tag people who will really appreciate it or who need to hear the advice that we're giving. All right. Thank you, guys. And back to the show. Okay. We are back. We have returned. This board meeting is back in session. I think you're up. I believe I am. All right. Um, so this one hits a little. This one's close to my heart. Um, the idea that technique should only be done like during warm up or that uh, mystical thing that some people call a cool down. Yeah. I've, I've never seen it performed, <laughs> but I hear rumors that it's done by some people. Yeah. But yeah, like 
And don't get me wrong, technique practice should be done during a warm up. Yeah. But yeah. it's not just, oh, I did some quiet. Doesn't end there. Exactly. It's not like I did some quiet feet on some V zeros and then I'm I'm good. Like right, right, box right. has been checked, leaving this. Yeah. Like I like to think of it as leveling up your different attributes. Okay. So for instance, if I'm trying to work on my dead points, like maybe I initially start on V zero and then I build up like so later and later into my session. So eventually like I want to be able to do, I want to climb like V9, V10, like while focusing, being able to focus mindfully on dead pointing. Like, so I can like learn how to pause and hit holds perfectly and all these things. And yeah, you have to level up all your different skills. Like, okay, I'm going to try and get better at back steps. So you start low. Because the thing is, if you only practice, let's say, on 5.9 or V0, and then the second you get on your 5.12 project, suddenly your feet aren't so quiet and uh, yeah. you're not twisting through moves very well yeah. because you haven't been practicing it in a stressful situation. You have right. to escalate things to the right level. Yeah. Um, so, that, what you're, so what you're saying here is that you don't only work on your technique while on your very hardest project or while you're traversing the giant jugs in the gym. Correct. Okay. Yeah. When you're on your hardest project, you, should, you shouldn't be thinking about anything. Like you should be completely zeroed in like just in the flow. Yeah, like you, if you have time to think about, oh, I'm going to really like place my feet quietly in this crux. Like, right. <laughs> it's not that hard for you. Like yeah, that or you're just a boss. But yeah, like likely it's just not that hard for you. We're the only bosses here right now. Yeah, clear. we're the only people here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting alone in the Arches campground pavilion. Um, But yeah, so you should make these like these technical drills, you should take them and keep working on them through harder and harder climbs, yep. like right yep. up until you're primed to try really hard, mm -hmm. you know, during your training session. And then once you get to things like limit boulders, projects, man, you know, all rules are gone. Like lockdown, get stuff done, try really hard. Yep. But up until that exact moment, like you should be focused on how you're climbing. Because man, when it comes down to it, I was looking at this the other day because I like really depressing statistics. and uh, <laughs> Which seems to be all statistics yeah, pretty much. I know. The um, internet's just full of depressing shit. Yeah. How are you going to die? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was just like, okay, how many times do I actually pull onto the wall per session? Oh. It's not that much. Like, And you look at how many moves you do because, you know, I'm mostly in bouldering. And falling a lot. So it's like, yeah. okay, well, maybe I'm doing like three moves or four moves at a time. You know, when I'm warming up, you do a lot more. But yeah, you're not actually climbing like a ton of moves an entire session. Dave McLeod talks on this. You know, the bulk of your session is, or it should be resting. If it's not resting, you're doing yeah. something weird or yep. you're arcing, which I guess is weird. And <laughs> probably hate yourself because you're arcing. Uh, um, but it's good for you folks. It's but uh, yeah, like you really aren't doing that many moves per session. So if you're just like, if you're thinking about getting Taco Bell after your session while you're rock climbing or things like that, if you're just like- What about donuts? Ooh, caveats. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're not paying attention to what you're doing while you're climbing, like there aren't, you're not, you don't climb that much. Like you were just pissing away the opportunity to get better. Yeah. Like, you know, let's say you're only doing 400 moves in a session if 300 of them are you just being like, God, I hate warming up. I can't wait to be on my project. Like, then you just pissed away, yeah, three-fifths of 
your entire session. Like you yeah. could have been getting better and that all adds up. And there is, there is a time, you know, and a place for just going into the gym and socializing and you don't have to pay a ton of attention. And some people love that stuff. You know, that's why they're in there and that's fine. If you're one of those people, that's great. I have no fucking clue why you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> but that's great. And you should continue doing that. However, the people who are listening to this for a reason, uh, it's generally not a good idea. I yeah. mean, I think there's a good fun social aspect. Mm -hmm. And you can make at it... At the Halloween party. At the Halloween party. Um, one time a year, that's it. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, don't talk to me. I actually put headphones in when I go to the gym. They're just running into my pocket. They're not like actually attached to anything. So I'm not going to have no it. iPod. There's yeah, there's no not music. an iPod or iPhone because that's heavy weight. It's just in there so that no one talks to me. Like That's the universal yeah. sign. I have headphones in. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Yeah, you just need the ice grill, dude. That's what I do in the gym. <laughs> People don't talk to me because I just look mean. Not now, Chief. I'm in the zone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I think the social aspect of climbing is great. But yeah, if you're spending more time, like, sitting on the pads talking than climbing, if you have to rewarm up after a conversation, <laughs> then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if I have to go in much deeper explanation. Yeah. So my number three, kind of along the same lines, um, Though in a broader sense, um, it irks me to see climbers, especially noobs. We're going to call you noobs. <laughs> um, that's not a derogatory term. It's just a factual one. And jumping straight to strength training, you know, hangboarding, campusing, things like that. Hmm. And skipping over learning how to move, learning how to Ooh, climb. Okay. That hangboarding so popular, you know, every gym's got 14 different hangboards and campusing is super popular, you know, with the moon spacing, of course. Oh, duh. <laughs> and everybody wants to do it. Like it's the cool thing to go do. Mm -hmm. And I see people go in, climb fucking horribly, feet all over the place, jumping between everything, rolling chin, just kidding. And <laughs> just kidding, Roland's a brilliant climber. Um, no, I see kids doing that all the time. And then they go hangboard at the end of their session. And I'm like, don't they want to know how to climb? Like, is, Maybe they're just come here. Maybe there's a hangboarding gym. Maybe it's not actually a climbing gym because I didn't see any climbing happen. So that's frustrating if you can't tell. Do you then tell those kids to get off your lawn? <laughs> Uncle Jesse. I'm Uncle Jesse. <laughs> I do. Get off my lawn. Yeah, no, and I think there's, I'll even piggyback on that a little bit. I think that people escalate their training a bit too fast. Um, I think that people like to jump to the highest progression they ever see. Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, dragon flags. Yeah. That's, yep. that's it for me. Like they can't hold a hollow body to save their life, but suddenly they need to be doing dragon flags right. with you know, ankle weights on. They do or look way cooler. Going straight to like front levers or just the most heinous things they can think of. They're like, no, no, I'm a body weight athlete. Like I can do pull-ups or I can do a one arm. It's like stuff like that. And so they just escalate everything very quickly. Um, yeah, to quote Dan John, like the best correctives are the regressions of the primary movements like yep for a lot of people yeah well, i don't know like you just need to pull things back and just yeah pull things back until you are using good form and then slowly build up from there like there's nothing wrong 
with using a regression of different movements. Yeah. Like, and can we talk briefly about about working on movement? Because I think there's a big gap there. And we, you and I have been working on how to fill that gap, and our workshops do a good job of it, and we're eventually going to have an ebook that addresses it. But working on movement is tough. It's not as simple as go in and just practice heel hooks or just practice back flags or... You know, it's not that simple. And mm-hmm. and you touched on that just a minute ago with the you can't just do it on your easiest warm-ups or your mythical cool-down. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you work on movement? Like what has to happen for you to go in on your own and get better at movement? Mercy. <laughs> and it, let's, let's do a brief synopsis of this. Let's say. What, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> um, for anyone who doesn't know, I've been like attempting to write a movement book forever. And it just keeps growing it's hard. in it's every really direction. Hard. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I think about a ton and I absolutely love. Um, well, to start off, you said, you know, go in alone. I think to start off, that's great. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I think for a lot of people, being able to climb alone, especially in working movement, is really helpful because man, it can you just look like you fucking suck. Yeah, and you're willing like, to look stupid when you're by yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, if anyone doesn't know when a gym is empty, it's Sunday mornings. Like, <laughs> maybe that's just in the Bible Belt down in the South, but it's awesome. Actually, I don't know. No, I won't go there. But <laughs> um, yeah, like I think shooting video of yourself helps a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anyone else does this, but I'll watch video of pro climbers and like once you've seen a video of yourself you can imagine what you look like climbing but i'll watch a pro climber in a video and it's helpful because i'm like roughly medium height white with brown hair which is like most pro climbers that are american yeah most so i just pretty much pretend i'm watching myself climb but whenever i watch these people i say okay what are they doing that i can't like the second i'm like wow that like that move is locked in so tight. That's something I can't even replicate if I wanted to. Uh, so I look at yeah. these little different things. Like if I'm watching Ty Landman, I'm like, wow, his ability to carry momentum through moves is just tremendous. Mm-hmm. Or you look at Daniel Woods and it's like, man, that guy can move so slow and he's so strong. And lock shit down at his waist. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Like there's all these, and he has such strong like thumbs. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's all these different little things that when you watch, like, when you watch Jimmy, his ability to, he has such tremendous strength, but it's not just that he's strong. He can use his strength to press himself into these very advantageous positions. And then from there, he's in this perfect plumb line and the next move's really easy. And he he front loaded all the difficulty of the move a lot of times, but it's something you can only do with a lot of strength to be able to get into these positions. Um, but it's a really cool use of strength. So I look at these different things and I say, okay, what, are they capable of that? When I see that, I'm like, whoa, I don't, I don't even understand that. Yeah. And then maybe I'll try to replicate it. Yep. Um, and when you're trying to replicate it, you have to be mindful of what's happening and tr- and attempt to recognize why you're failing. Mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing. If you can just go in and replicate it first try, then you're not necessarily learning anything. You have to fail quite a bit and look a little stupid, and that's why it can be advantageous to be in there by yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and start really tearing apart those failures and then try to fail better the next time. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, yeah, you can, I don't know. And I think 
So to go back to the topic of movement, don't ever believe that you're beyond the basics. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, enough people have said it, the best are better at the basics. Yeah. And I yep. can't say that enough. Like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I believe that more and more. Yeah, I mean, we're all we're all watching Adam Ondra right now work on the Dom Ball, mm-hmm. and every single post that's come out about it, he talks about the footwork and and learning the balance and learning how to move on this super slippery granite, you know. And because he's he's totally he doesn't need to be alone. He's totally willing to say, "I'm getting my ass kicked up here, and I'm loving it." And these holds are horrible, and these feet are terrible to stand on, but I'm getting better at it, and I need about another week, and I'll do it, you know. But it's because he's so good at recognizing his limits and then working on them, you know. He's, he's quite possibly one of the best technical sport climbers ever, mm-hmm. but he's totally willing to say, I don't understand this. I'm not good at this. I need to learn it, drop my ego, learn this thing, and then I can do it. Yeah. And he's the best. So, you know. If he's doing it. We have no reason to be scared of failing. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so easy to do, though. Like, it, especially, I mean, it's easy to feel like you have something you have to live up to. It's like, oh, I'm like the really strong guy, or I am. I'm the guy who jumps to holds or I'm the person who always has to find the best beta for things. Mm, so like mm-hmm. I can't just thug through things um, or just whatever it is. Like, yeah, I don't know. Fail a lot. Like if you're like, try and learn how to love failing. Like I've started using this word. I think I've talked about this before, but I like to use the word uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's also yep. just kind of a loaded word and I just hate using it because it makes me realize that it's it's a problem with me. Like when I do a move and I'm like, instead of being like, oh, that's just fucking stupid, like, or that's a dumb move. Or, like when I took you off with climbing and Boo. That was stupid. <laughs> I was very uncomfortable. But that's the thing. It's like if I step back and I'm like, I am very uncomfortable with this move. Well, a lot of times it'll be if something's a little bit heady, like it's a little scary or just whatever. I just say this is uncomfortable. It's kind of similar how Roland was talking about instead of saying, I can't do this, you say, I don't understand. Right. Like, And that's, yep. that was one of my favorite things from that podcast. Um, but it's the same thing. I'll just say, you know, I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't get it. And that puts all of the onus on me. And it's like, okay, how can I become comfortable with this? Like, what do I need to do? Yep. Uh, instead of just saying, God, man, it's so easy to just be like, oh, that's dumb. Yeah. And I think that's a really, you know, I hear this in gyms all the time and I'm definitely guilty of it saying, oh, that's just an awkward problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes it is because they're, they're really suck ass setters out there. You know, it's true. <laughs> How they're do you really feel? <laughs> so sometimes they are just awkward, stupid problems. But oftentimes, if you look at someone better than you on that awkward, stupid problem, they make it look not so awkward and stupid. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just that you lack the ability to make that problem flow. Yeah. And maybe you can learn something by it. And I can tell you all those shenanigan rose moves I've been doing all the time. <laughs> Went to Smith. <laughs> it paid off. I didn't send rude boys, but I did the rose move. You have a photo try. to prove it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was that all of it? Um, I think I've got another more? one if you want. Yeah, do it. Do yeah. another one. Um, oh top, God, this top one. three and a half. So the over quantification of training. 
Okay. So I've got two different like. two different quotes. One is attributed to Einstein, but I guess people say it could be from a bunch of different people. We'll say Einstein. And it's that not everything that counts can be counted, and not everything that can be counted counts. Yes. And as a guy who's all about movement and technique, I fully believe in this. Yeah, and you know, you and I have had this conversation for months now about trying to come up with some sort of assessment as far as how do we quantify what people should be able to do at mm-hmm. a certain level. And it's fucking hard. Yeah, I like, mean... It's so hard to figure those things out. A lot of things are trainable, and a lot... Man, I feel like every time I'm like, I've got my finger on it, I'm like, this is it right here. I meet someone who just blows away any metric I could imagine. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, I'm really psyched on this V6. I'm like, what are you... You're holding a 25-pound plate, hanging off a half-pad edge with the other hand, and you're holding this conversation. Right. Like... While on a front lever. While on a front, of course. Um, <laughs> shout out Andy Cutler. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's a great rock armor. Yeah, I, I probably I, do that. And you know, a lot of the even when you do figure out the metrics, you've got like 10 percent of the story. Yeah. So, so I mean, how I think, much do those metrics even matter? All right. So here's where my other quote comes in, and uh, this is kind of play. I set this up for you without even knowing what the other quote Thank was. You. So the other one is from Peter Drucker, and it's that uh, every. What gets measured gets managed. And so here's the thing, like mm. if you're not paying attention to something, chances are you're not gonna fix it. Like you're not gonna improve yeah. it. If you have never seen a confident rock climber and you don't know what confidence looks like, how are you gonna know that you're not confident? If you've never seen someone move fast, like if you don't know what fast rock climbing looks like, then you could just be a super slow rock climber and not know any different. Like there are so many things. And that's the thing too, like if you're not paying attention to finger strength, like because finger strength is very important. I think as far as quantifiable things go, yeah. That's that's a pretty good one. Yep. Like and there are I think there're definitely places where having metrics comes into play and that's incredibly important mm-hmm. and we should pay attention to that. But just because you can assign a, a number to something doesn't mean that it's important and just because you can't assign a number to other things doesn't mean it isn't. Like Yep. Yep, totally. And it could very easily be misconstrued as those two quotes are sort of fighting against each other mm-hmm. you know but but i don't think so i think you can measure something without having the exact number yeah. you know especially when it comes to climbing you can you can take like you just use the example of confidence you can't measure the number of units of confidence you have you can't but oh, i can't oh <laughs> okay <laughs> but <laughs> But you can understand that it's getting better. Like you yeah. can you can see the results of getting more confident. And, and no one would argue with you that confidence is like not beneficial to rock right. climbing. I mean, that's you watch a confident rock climber, and man, especially with sport climbing, you're just like, oh, what the fuck have I been doing this whole time? Like that yeah. guy just chart or that girl, yeah, um, yeah, just For charged sure. through everything, just without any hesitation, and it was incredible. Like and that kind of stuff to me is so inspiring. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can't. Like there's no rep or set scheme for confidence, right? Or any of that. Yeah. So much of it, yeah. And and mm-hmm. you can, you know, there's a big trend right now toward measuring your anaerobic capacity or your anaerobic endurance and your aerobic endurance, and 
you know, you can measure all those things. That's great. Mm-hmm. However, you could have the the best measurement ever recorded for your anaerobic endurance. And if your footwork fucking sucks, when you go out to a rock climb, you're going to fail really quickly compared to a guy with better footwork with half your anaerobic endurance because he's more efficient when he actually is rock climbing. Mm-hmm. You know, so just because you can measure it doesn't mean that's where it stops. And you can't measure how good someone's footwork is necessarily. You can measure it. You can't quantify it, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, this is in no way an attack on using metrics or anything like that. No, no, like no, no. Like, not I, at all. I think they're amazing. Like if you know what you need to be working on, like fantastic, work on it. Like yep. I think training is a constant. Training mm-hmm. something we should be doing more or less all the time. Sometimes you do it at a higher level. Sometimes you, you do it at a lower intensity. But yeah, like if you have shit aerobic endurance, like you're getting, you're not recovering fast. Like you're going to get so pumped and not be able to get rid of that pump as fast. Like there are a lot of different things where it'll benefit you. So work on it. Yep. But the yep. thing is, that is not the end game. Right. That's only like, a part of the story. Yeah. And I mean, I think that Look can be deeper. said for everything. Like, that's what's awesome about climbing. I mean, you, especially you climb with all these guys who've been climbing, you know, 30, 40 years and they're clearly not stronger than you. Like there's so, but their understanding of movement and of themselves and all these things, it's incredible. And it's, it's so cool. There's always things to be working on and always things to be getting better at. And I think it's amazing. Um, so yeah, definitely use numbers like when they're to your advantage, like in, I think keeping a log of keeping a log is fantastic. Like keep track of things, but don't let that be the end. Yep. Yep. And you know, what's interesting. I was just thinking about, about this whole topic about concepts or myths or trends that we disagree with Hmm. is that I pretty much disagree with all of them at some time, you know, in some situation, I disagree with everything, even the things I agree with in another situation. I mean, it all depends. So whatever that trend is or myth is or concept is that's now the cool thing to talk about, it it has its place and it's not necessarily all the time. So For some people, it's going to work amazingly. Yep. Some people, it just might not work at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's power company training and then it always works. Always. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. All right. I think that's it. All right. Um, you guys know where you can find us, powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find us on the Instagrams, the Facebooks. Uh, no Twitters. Um, we don't tweet. Uh, we scream like eagles. This time, 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 this